right. Good afternoon, everyone. Can we give the Lord another hand for, for this afternoon? Thank you, guys. Uh, so I want to welcome everybody. My name is Pastor Ariel. I'm one of the pastors of this congregation. And uh, we hope that you will enjoy your time here in this service. We are starting a brand new series entitled Make Room. This is not the store that sells uh, furniture or anything about kitchen. But this is really um, a, a series on the Holy Spirit. And uh, we are going to study the Holy Spirit uh, for the next six weeks. Uh, the reason why we've entitled it, make, uh, entitled it Make Room is because not that we are, you know, wanting to have a posture of accommodation and we want to, you know, somehow reserve a portion or a corner of our hearts to the Holy Spirit, but it's really more of like yielding. Uh, everyone say yielding. yielding. We're yielding to His power. We're, we're yielding to His presence. We're basically saying what uh, John the Baptist is saying, more of God and less of us. We are, you know, we want to know uh, His person, uh, personality. We want to know His power. We want to be able to move uh, in His power as well in, in the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so I believe that uh, this will be an exciting time uh, the next uh, six weeks. Uh, Jesus, we're all familiar with, with Him, His work on that cross. We're familiar with the Father. In fact, how many of you normally pray to our Father? Okay, uh, you know, we, we sing songs about the Father. But uh, somehow the third person of the Trinity or the Godhead um, is really the one that we are lacking in knowledge and intimacy for. And so uh, that's uh, what we want to be able to tackle in this next six weeks. The Holy Spirit is actually a divine person. He is the third person of the Trinity he is not the force or a force, you know. Uh, I know that there's going to be another Star Wars movie coming, you know, may the force be with you. He is not that, okay. He is not an energy. He is not just power, but he is a person. He's actually God himself. Uh, he, he wants to make manifest his presence in the lives of believers. Uh, in the Old Testament, we know that the dominant figure uh, is uh, God the Father through Jehovah. In the New Testament, uh, especially in the Gospels, we know that Jesus, the Son, is the one who's dominantly, uh, uh, you know, uh, focused uh, in the stories until He died, He rose again from the dead, and He resurrected, and then He ascended to heaven. And, uh, you know, right after His ascension, this third person, the Holy Spirit, is the one that is now uh, dominating the scene. Basically, the reason why the Acts... Uh, is entitled Acts. You know, some people say it's Acts of the Apostles, but it's really more Acts of the Holy Spirit. You know, how the Holy Spirit moves in the church. Amen. And, you know, he, even uh, the prophet Joel back in the Old Testament was prophesying a time in the last days. How I many of you know that we are in the last days? The Bible says, In the last days I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. How many of you have flesh? Please raise your hand. Okay, you are not a spirit yet, okay? Uh, we have flesh, we have bodies, okay? Check your neighbor if they brought their body to church this afternoon, okay? We are all flesh. The Spirit of God is being poured upon all flesh, and His sons and His daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams, okay? So if you dream a lot, you're an old man already, okay? So, uh, you know, that's exactly what we are encountering. The Holy Spirit is the one that's dominating the church now. He's moving in our midst, okay? How many of you feel and sense the presence of the Holy Spirit here in this place? Amen. You know, where the, the people of God gather, the Spirit of God is there. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? 
There's freedom, there's liberty. In the, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. Okay, look at the person beside you and give a big smile uh, towards that person. Okay, it means if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't help but be joyful. Amen. You can't help but be hopeful. You can't help but be full of encouragement. To encourage means to feel with to fill with courage. And that's what the Holy Spirit does to us as believers. Okay, uh, you know, uh, today incidentally is the 50th uh, day right after Easter Sunday. Uh, it is the day of the Pentecost. Pentecost uh, is the 50th day. Pentecost means 50, 50 days. And so this is the time in Acts chapter 2 where in the Holy Spirit uh, was poured out upon the believers and, you know, there's a mighty rushing wind that came into that upper room and the disciples uh, who were left there uh, when Jesus said, do not leave yet until you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, they were all uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. They spoke in different languages and we're going to talk about that uh, next week, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So today we are celebrating Pentecost. Uh, we're celebrating the, you know, the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out uh, upon His church, okay? Um, the study of the Holy Spirit is also known as pneumatology. Ever say pneumatology? Pneumatology, okay? As, uh, as pneuma means, pneuma means breath or air or spirit, okay? This is where we derive the term pneumonia. Pneumon means lungs, okay? You know that lungs is filled with air. Nya, okay? It's, a, it's like an infection, okay? Pneuma. But the, the pneumatology means to study. Okay, logos comes from the you know word logi, okay, meaning word, speech, communication, or message. So this is a time when we study the Spirit of God. We study the breath of God. Okay, the Holy Spirit, as I said earlier, is the third uh, divine person in the Triune God. Okay, we have the Father, who's the second person, the Son, and who's the third person. The mother, no, not the mother, okay? The Holy Spirit is not uh, female, okay? Of course, you know, uh, early on in the church, uh, it was interchangeable. Uh, you, you read some of the texts in the Old Testament, like it was referred to as she, but Jesus, every time he would describe the Holy Spirit, he would actually refer to him as a he, not an it, okay? So there's a big difference. We're not talking about an it or a power or an energy or a force, or an inanimate object, or something that is weird or mystical. But this is really, you know, the, the person who wants to be intimate with us. A person who wants to reveal himself to us. A person who wants to develop a relationship with us. You know, I've been teaching our children to greet us in the morning, and, you know, even uh, our helpers, you know, went with that same, uh, I guess, the culture in the, in the, in the, in, in the house, uh, that every time we see each other in the morning, we just greet each other, good morning, uh, good morning, sir, good morning, die, good morning, everybody. And so, you know, because they're people. They, you know, we, we relate with them, right? But what about the Holy Spirit? Have we actually greeted the Holy Spirit? Like, good morning, Lord, good morning, Holy Spirit, good morning, you know. He, we, he longs to spend time with us. He longs to, to have a, a relationship with us. And the way that He relates with us also is the, you know, it's directly proportional to your knowledge of the truth of the Word of God. The more that you engage in the Scripture, the more that you engage in the Word of God, which is, by the way, called Logos, 
the living word, Jesus is the living word, the more the Holy Spirit is able to interact with us. Are you tracking with me this afternoon? I'm just laying down a foundation for us in the next six weeks. And sometimes when you hear the word Holy Spirit, we kind of have this sense that it's somehow like mystical or you know, sinasaniban uh, in, you know, in, in Tagalog or, you know, there are probably some special people that the Holy Spirit would want to cling to. Like, for example, prophets. You know, definitely Jim Lafoon is one who's uh, close to the Holy Spirit, right? You know, he's always going to be, whenever he ministers, you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You know, it's like he's just so used to hearing the Holy Spirit. He's just so used to hearing the voice of God. Or maybe an intercessor or somebody who's, who loves to pray. You know, he, he or she listens or hears the Holy Spirit. But what about ordinary believers like you and me? How many of you are ordinary yet special, right? Ordinary believers, the Holy Spirit is as much committed to you as He is with the prophets. He is as much interested in relating with us as there are, you know, people who, you know, uh, just are so sensitive to the voice of the Lord because he, God himself wants to communicate to his people. He wants to have a relationship with us. He's the third person in the Godhead. As a person, he's got intellect. He knows, uh, you know, what's going on. He knows what's going on in our lives. He knows what you are thinking of right now, what you're going to have for dinner later. Okay? He knows your plans for your family. He knows that you're concerned about your tuition fee or your children's education. He knows your concern about tomorrow's um, you know, meeting in the office. He knows that. He is omniscient. He knows everything about us. He knows everything about the past. He knows everything that we're going through. He knows everything in the future. He himself has an emotion. The Holy Spirit has feelings. How many of you have feelings? Okay, uh, you know, how many of you sometimes get hurt? Please raise your hand. Okay, please be honest. How many of you sometimes get hurt? Why do you get hurt? Because maybe your expectations were not met, or maybe, uh, you know, a friend failed you, or maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe your husband or your wife said something that is hurtful or offensive, or maybe a friend you know, backstabbed you, whatever, okay? Or maybe somebody who's so insensitive greeted you, ang taba-taba mo ngayon, something like that, okay? And here you are, you're doing a keto diet for the past 10 years and nothing's happening. You know, you get hurt. And the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, the Holy Spirit can get grieved. He is grieved with sin. He is grieved when we disobey God. He is grieved when we ignore him and we don't listen to his voice he is grieved with that he is hateful of sin he is a holy god amen a holy god hates the presence of sin the bible says without holiness no one will see god in the same way that we approach the holy spirit we've got to make sure that we live life that is pleasing to him but i want to submit to you as well it's not you who's going to change you it's not you who's going to change us. It's not you who's going to change your wife or your husband. It's the Holy Spirit who's got the capacity to change all of us. Amen. The thing about the Holy Spirit is it's, He's such a good God. And I hope that we get to know and learn and become more intimate with Him, uh, not only during this time of you know, studying in the series, but we want to make room in our life and say, God, take charge. 
Be in control. You know, be, be the one who's directing my steps. Be the one who's, you know, directing my family, my marriage, my finances. Be the one directing my health. Be the one, you know, uh, be the first. He's the most important person on the face of the earth today. How many of you know he is here? And his presence permeates us. You know, Dr. Harold Sela said for several centuries after the reformers passed from the scene, the discussion of the work of the Holy Spirit was neglected, especially by the Protestant evangelicals. Then in the latter part of the 19th century, a spark was ignited once again, and the interest in the work of the Holy Spirit was reborn. You know, there were like several revivals happening in different parts of the globe, like the Azusa Street revival. There was a revival in Pyongyang in the early 1900s. Okay, uh, you know, several places where the Holy Spirit would move. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, uh, like a miraculous appearance of an idol bleeding. I'm not talking about that, okay? I'm talking about a real revival here. I'm talking about how people can actually be changed. Uh, people repenting of their sins. People, you know, re, you know, being revived, regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. Getting, you know, people getting healed from different kinds of sickness. As a result of this, the church now is a bit divided and has two camps. One camp is called the cessationist. Everybody say cessationist. Cessationist means that they cease, they believe that the, 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 the gifts or the power of the Holy Spirit cease to exist. Uh, you know, that the last uh, power or the last manifestation of the Holy Spirit uh, died when the last apostle died, which is the apostle John. And the other camp is called the continuationist. Okay, continuationists are those who believe that even until today, the Holy Spirit is moving. Amen. That even until today, He fills us up with this, you know, with this power, with the fruit, with the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about that um, uh, in a while. You know, in fact, even in the King James Version of the Bible, you would notice that the King James would refer to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost. Okay, uh, Oxford uh, translators would translate the Holy Spirit as Holy Spirit, but another camp from Cambridge University translated it as Holy Ghost. During that time, ghost and spirit mean the same thing. Okay? If you say ghost, it means spirit. If you say spirit, it means ghost. Today, if you say ghost, it means conjuring or, you know, walking dead. Or, you know, it, it means another thing, right? And so when you talk about the Tagalog translation of Holy Spirit, banal na, Espirito, if it's Holy Ghost, banal na mama or something, banal na multo or something, di ba? And so, but yet, both are acceptable. You see that in the King James, they're using it as Holy Ghost. So, why don't you open your Bibles right now as we study and dig deeper. Uh, John chapter 14, we're just going to be reading three verses. John 14, 16 to 18. Uh, if you need a Bible, uh, kindly lift up your hand so that our ushers can hand you a Bible uh, and uh, you may read along with us. John chapter uh, 14. This is the fourth gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're now in the New Testament, okay? All right, John chapter 14. I'd like to invite everyone to stand as we give reverence to God's word this afternoon. John chapter 14. And I also would like to invite everyone to read along with me with your mouth, not just with your beautiful eyes, okay? Ready? One, two, three. Verse 16, and I will ask 
the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither or neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for our time here as we study your word. We thank you for the ministry of Christ and what he has done through the atonement by going to the cross. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here as our teacher, our guide, our comforter, our helper, our advocate, our parakletos. Thank you, Lord, that you are here with us. Uh, once again, we ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you better. And may we be intimate uh, with you. Father, even today, we declare that we will make room for the Spirit of God to move in our lives, to move in our families, to move in our communities, to move, to move in our nation. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the one who is Lord over our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. A pastor from the U.S. by the name of Francis Chan wrote a book entitled The Forgotten God. Uh, basically, the book, uh, subtitle, the book sub subtitle is Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. And somehow, this book focuses on the personality and the work of the Holy Spirit. The title is interesting because, yes, among the three persons in the Godhead, the Holy Spirit is probably the most neglected and the most ignored and maybe the most unknown or confusing uh, among the three. We know the Father, as I said earlier. We know Jesus' work, but yet the Holy Spirit somehow is very mystical uh, for many of us. Uh, many believers call themselves Trinitarian, but in reality, they're only focusing on the two persons, uh, the Father and Jesus the Son. Uh, in fact, this is also the, problems, uh, the, sorry, the problem of the disciples of uh, John when they experienced as they were going to, uh, to Ephesus. In Acts chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, uh, let me read one, uh, verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, Can you read the response? No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. You know, the, the people, the disciples in Ephesus, they were preached the gospel to. They received the work of Christ on the cross. They're familiar with the work of God the Father, but yet they're not familiar with the Holy Spirit. And is it possible for us today that we're not also familiar with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Are you aware that without the Holy Spirit in us, that we will actually be just ordinary individuals? always submitting ourselves to the flesh. But yet, as believers, how many of you are believers here? Believer, not believer, okay? Believers. And if you're a believer, the Spirit of God is in you, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, guess what? You are not an ordinary person anymore. The fact that the Holy Spirit is in us, you can do extraordinary things. How many of you believe that? Even if you don't believe it, it's the truth. 
And it doesn't mean that it's only the staff or the pastors have the access to the Holy Spirit. Every believer has an access to the Holy Spirit. As I said earlier, the stereotype sometimes is you've got to be a spiritual man to have the Holy Spirit. But what do you mean by spiritual anyway? What do you mean by, you know, being spirit-filled? Is it just being religious? Is it just by going to church? Is it just about, you know, reading the Bible? Is it just about attending a small group? Or is there anything else that God is saying to us? If you are a believer, if you are regenerated by the Spirit of God, if you believe in what Jesus Christ did on the cross, guess what? The Spirit of God lives in us. No matter what you have in your calling card, God will use you and move through you. Amen. You may be working in a bank. You may be working in real estate. You may be working in a call center. You may be working in a restaurant. You may be a student. You may be a housewife. It doesn't really matter. The Holy Spirit wants to work in us and through us. Amen. And that's exactly who the Holy Spirit is. Many times we do not tap the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, how many of you have cell phones? Please raise your hand. This is very, you know, basic question. I think all of us, I believe all of us have cell phones, right? The question is how many, okay? But let me submit to you. No matter how much, you know, uh, com you know, complicated or big your plan is, no matter how sophisticated your cell phone is, even if you get the biggest memory or the biggest capacity of that cell phone, if you don't charge and plug that cell phone, it's not going to work. You may have, you know, a nice data plan for all, from all the, you know, cell phone companies. But if you ain't plugging it, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to work. You've got to plug it in. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is kind of like that. Many times you don't tap in. The power of God is available for everyone who believes. It's right here. The question is, are you going to step out and say, God, use me. God, I'm just stepping out. When you lay hands on the sick, guess what? It's not going to be you who's going to heal the sick. It's the Holy Spirit in you who's going to heal the sick. How many of you have hands? Please raise your hand. You have two hands. The left, the right, okay? And that's the, the problem. It's only one way of God using us for healing, you know, and, and so on and so forth. The Holy Spirit that disappear in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit is actually present even in the creation account. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. The Holy Spirit was there. When God created the heavens and the earth, when God said, Let there be light, He was there. He was hovering. When the time was, you know, uh, when, the, when, when the earth and the universe were without form, the Holy Spirit was already moving. And that's the nature of the Holy Spirit. He is a creative God. He has the power to create. Amen. He has the power to make things new. He has the power to order things. Put chaos into order. How many of you have a chaotic schedule this week? Praise God. By the grace of God, let the Holy Spirit breathe through that. And I believe that chaos will be in order. It depends on how you respond to that, okay? The Trinity was actively involved in creation. In, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, And God said, let us make man in our image 
who is he talking to here? Why is he saying, let us? If God himself is one. And then he said, let us. Who was present there? The Trinity was there. The Father. Jesus the Son was there as a spirit. And the Holy Spirit was there. And when he created man in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, I believe. The Bible says, after he created man, he breathed life, the breath of life, into Adam. And that is where we see that the Holy Spirit moving inside the heart of men. You and I are unique creatures. God did not breathe into dogs. How many of you know that? <clears throat> you and I have spirits. Dogs have instincts. <clears throat> okay? Let's just check when you all go to heaven, okay, if you'll see them there. But yeah, God created a lot of creatures, but we are the most unique creature because we were created in the image and the likeness of God. And the part of God who is just like Him in us is our spirit, not the flesh. Spirit of God. Who is the Holy Spirit and what is His work? Let's move on very quickly. Number one is the Holy Spirit helps us in our daily walk. Everyone say daily walk. <clears throat> he does not just help us in church. He doesn't just help you in your ministry. He doesn't just help me as a pastor in my preaching and my study of the word. He doesn't just help an evangelist preach the gospel and hopefully people will get saved. He doesn't just you know, help a teacher like Pastor June teach an anointed sermon or teaching in order for people to know more about the theology of God. But I believe that in our everyday work, whether you're an accountant, a banker, a baker, the Holy Spirit is going to move mightily in our daily life. Amen. He is always present there to help us in any circumstance that we are facing. Jesus said, I will ask the Father and He will give you another what? Another helper to be with you forever. In the ESV, it's, it says their helper. In the NIV, it says uh, counselor. In the King James Version, it says comforter. What does this helper really mean uh, or comforter? It comes from the word parakletos. I would say parakletos. Parakletos means to, call, to be called alongside, to assist, legal assistant or advocate or comforter or you know, uh, somebody who gives us help in our time of need. It's also uh, you know, rendered to us counselor. You know, we just had a recent barangay uh, election. Some are counselor. Counselor, Counselor, okay, uh, to call alongside, to encourage or to, ex to exhort. The Holy Spirit's role is to encourage us. Some, how many of you sometimes go through discouragement? Am I the only one who's facing that? You know, when you wake up in the morning, sometimes, ah, you know, the whole world is, you know, crushing you. But yet the, the Holy Spirit is the one that puts new courage in us. He's called the encourager. In the book of Acts chapter 4, we see an account of John and Peter after they healed the crippled and how, you know, he, they basically saw him in the temple. The, the crippled person was asking for alms and, you know, Peter said, you know, silver and gold, I have none, but why, what I have, I, I want to give to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And so they were being questioned. In verse 7, they brought in the two disciples and demanded by what power or in whose name have you done this? Verse 8, then Peter, what? Filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, we are being questioned today because we've done a good deed 
for a crippled man. Do you want to know what he, how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And yet one thing that they have noticed with this too is they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit allows us to move in the supernatural every single day. How many of you know that miracles still happen even today? It can happen in your marriage. It can happen in your finances. It can happen in your health. I was asking some of the uh, pastors earlier uh, some stories that they've encountered about healing. Uh, if you're here, you're a person approached Pastor Saul from this particular congregation and um, she basically was asking for a prayer because uh, earlier in the month, the father was rushed into the ICU. Uh, he's an older man. Uh, he, was, he had complications in his body. He's got diabetes. He had a heart attack. And so he was rushed to the ICU. He was not responding. There was like tubes all over. And several days have passed and, you know, no, no progress. And so the lady called for all the siblings to come, for all the children to come, and for the siblings of the dad uh, to, to be there uh, because they want to make a decision whether to, you know, to stop the life support already and pull the, pull the plug. Uh, Sunday, uh, they went to church and saw Pastor Saul, requesting for Pastor Saul to, uh, just for prayers, and they're asking for wisdom. If it's the will of God for, for him to take my father, <clears throat> uh, for him, may, may he take him swiftly so that he will not suffer anymore. He's going through dialysis and all, and so there's complication all the way in, in the body. Uh, but if it is his will to survive, then let him live. Pastor Saul went to the hospital, prayed for the man, and they were ready to pull the plug. I think in the evening at about 5 <coughs> p.m., excuse me. PM in, in the evening, they finally decided to pull the plug of the life support. And at about 11 p.m. in the evening, the dad was still breathing on his own. The blood pressure became normal. And just a few days later, he started standing up. In fact, the very next Sunday, they all attended church here in Victory, Alabang, in Akasha. And Pastor Saul got a quick uh, video clip from their meeting right out there at the lobby. And I want to show you that. That is the, the father. And he is very much alive and well and healthy and could stand. Praise God. If, can we give the Lord a hand for that? Before he went out of the hospital, he also accepted the Lord Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Amen. God is great. The Holy Spirit is still moving in our time. Amen. We are living in the last days. And God is just expecting every one of us to be ready. You are his hands and feet and mouth and eyes and ears. He not only moves in the health of our bodies, he also moves in our emotion, in our marriages, 
I've got dear friends who went through some difficult time in their marriage. About four years ago, one of our, this is, you know, we've asked for the permission, and she said, yes, please share it. And so uh, the, the lady caught the husband having an affair, and it was a big blow because both of them were actually coming to church, faithful members of the church. And unfortunately, the, the guy was, you know, at this weak moment, um, started compromising, and the, the emotion of the woman was just to get back and file a case of concubinage and violence against women, vows or whatever, just so that he can teach the guy a lesson. For four years, she was just so bitter against, you know, her husband. And she didn't realize that this particular bitterness was actually eating her up. And she failed to realize that all along this four years, as she was telling us her story recently, that God has been moving in her heart to forgive instead of hold on to the bitterness against her husband. Of course, sometimes in our own wisdom, we would actually pray, you know, may they be restored, may there be, you know, complete turnaround or repentance. And we, we prayed for that. We've actually, you know, asked the Lord to, to give a heart of repentance to the man. But yet, it didn't happen. Eventually, they went to an annulment case. They were eventually been annulled. And the husband married the other party. But yet, what is the miracle in this story? I mean, you listen to the story, and it's a, such a sad, tragic story. But as I was talking to the lady, to the woman, she said, you know what? The miracle really is me. And how I was able to move forward, in fact, even as they have started their, you know, their own new marriage, just for closure, we met just a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, and had dinner once again for the first time, right after the affair, together with their child. And they were sitting in this restaurant. She was imagining Am I going to get bitter? Am I going to use the chopsticks to just poke this guy? Am I, am I going to do that? But you know what? As she was talking to him, there was not even a tinge of hurt and bitterness, but just forgiveness and just love overflowing from her heart. In fact, this is what she said. As I ordered the food, I said, you know, you've got to take, you know, touch, you know, try this. She was cutting still some food and giving it on the plate of her former husband as if they were still together. But, you know, for her, she released her already, uh, she released him, and she is ready to move forward already with her own life. How many of you know that that is the work of God in the life of a believer? Come on, can we give praise for that? It may not be. The thing that you are expecting. But how many of you know that when you talk about the will of God, His will will always be good, pleasing, and perfect. 
Here we can see that the Holy Spirit freely moves in our midst. And that is exactly what the Holy Spirit is or who the Holy Spirit is in us. He heals us. He restores our soul. He, you know, feeds us with strength. You know, if we're discouraged, if we're down, you know, depression is but a name at the name of Christ. Amen. Of course, it is a valid sickness. We know that. But yet, we also know that the Holy Spirit can heal anything. Amen. In Exodus chapter 31, it says, Even in the area of creativity, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship. Guess what? This guy is not even in the full-time ministry. This guy was in charge of the creative arts department in the temple of, you know, Moses. And yet the Spirit of God is in him. Whatever it is that you're doing, you may be a graphic design artist, you may be an accountant, you may be a lawyer, you may be a chef, chef of police, or you may, you know, uh, you may be a chef, you know, cook, you're owning your own restaurant. Guess what? If the Spirit of God is in us, we will do things excellently for His glory. Amen. That is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. You may be an artist, you may be a singer, you may be a, you know, an actor or an actress, whatever it is. If we acknowledge that all things come from Him, He's going to use us mightily. All intellect, all engineering comes from Him. All creativity comes from Him. The right, the right brain and the left brain come from the Lord anyway. Your dominant talents and gifts all come from God. You may be an architect. When you draw those designs, guess what? He was the one who created the foundations of the earth. He imparted that to us. Amen. Come on now. Give the Lord a, give a hand. It's, it's amazing how we can find Every single day, we can enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be looking at Him as, ooh, you know, I feel spooky, spiritual today. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. When you go tomorrow, driving your way to the office, and you're stuck in traffic, talk to the Holy Spirit and say, God, thank you. Thank you that this nation will change. Thank you that our traffic will be better. Thank you that we'll have, you know, a train system and, you know, you know all this MI, whatever, okay? Thank you that there's going to be more skyways. Thank you that I'm going to have a car, whatever it is. Just talk to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is real. He is God. And He wants to be intimate with us. John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell the truth. It is to your advantage that I go, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. Just very quickly, I have like 12 things. Okay, very quick. And just, just want to bum, 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 okay? You just have to take a picture of these 12 things. Don't even write it down, okay? How is the Holy Spirit working in us? Number one, He regenerates the believer. The reason why you are born again is because it's the work of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit who actually, uh, you know, uh, overshadowed Mary and put the, the, the baby Jesus in her womb was the one in charge of, you know, birth of, of Christ, is also the one in charge of birthing us in the spiritual realm. He is the one who regenerates the believer. He indwells the believers, okay? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit seals the believer, you know? It's like a ring, okay? To seal means to lock and to preserve. He, he will preserve you until the last day, Amen. He who started a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. Amen. He will seal us till the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit adopts the believer. You are sons and daughters of God. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you are a child of God. 
Be proud of it. God did not create anything that is ugly. Everybody's created beautifully. Amen. Come on now. I was talking to one of my children. One of my daughters was just fixing her hair the other night. And I said, wow, you look so lovely. And this is her response to me. I know, right? <laughs> and then she said, that's why I thank God for our genes. You and mom's got good genes. I said, oh. Anyway, so let's go. Move, move forward, okay? Uh, the Spirit fills the believers with power. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. We're going to talk about that next week. The Spirit is the author of Scripture. All Scripture is breathed out by God and it's useful for teaching, uh, correction, uh, rebuking, and training in righteousness. He interprets Scriptures. Without the Spirit of God, we won't be able to understand the Bible. But with the Spirit of God, guess what? The Bible became, becomes plain and clear to us because of the Spirit that it, uh, is living inside of us. 1 Corinthians 2.10, But God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Verse uh, number, number 8, The Holy Spirit guides the believers. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Sons of God or children of God. Number 9, the Holy Spirit anoints and sets aside the believer for the work of the Lord. There is a work that God calls you to do as found in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. The Holy Spirit sanctifies the believer. Guess what? You don't sanctify yourself. We are being sanctified by the Lord Himself. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to finish His work in us, to sanctify us. Don't try to change your husband or your wife. Come on now. It's going to be frustrating. Pray to the Holy Spirit to change. Sumbumukay, Lord. Yari ka kay Holy Spirit. Sabi mo sa kanya. Babaguhin kanya. And He is the one who will sanctify us and renew us. He provides fruit for the believer's life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. He, the Holy Spirit empowers the believer to become a witness for Him. Wherever you go, I believe that you can represent God well because of the Holy Spirit in us. Amen. Be the best employee in your company. Be the best actor or the actress. Be the best singer there is in your industry. Be the best chef. Be the best you know, uh, person there in your call center. Be the best student in your campus because of what the Holy Spirit can actually give to you. Be the best wife. Be the best husband to your, ch- uh, to your wife. Be the best parent to your children. He enables us. He empowers us to represent Him. The Holy Spirit does not make life easy he strengthens us to face life bravely. When God gives you the power, He will make sure that you will overcome whatever you go through in life. You know, we can't blame God for the temptation that we go through. And sometimes when we pray, Lord, why did you allow this thing to happen? Or why did you let me be put in this situation of compromise? Or, you know, don't blame God. Because actually, God allows it to happen so that He can strengthen us and prove Himself faithful. He will always provide a way of escape so that you and you, you should, you'll be able to stand up under that temptation. Okay, second point is the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. These are la- uh, last two short points. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Everybody say, all truth. When the, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Satan is the father of lies. The strategy of the devil is to lie to us and to deceive us. The Holy Spirit is the opposite. He's there to speak 
and reveal the truth of God inside of us. My question for us as we seek the Lord or seek directions every day, you know, who are we listening to? Where are we getting our ideas or our, you know, our research? Are we just going out there in social media or the internet and just learning from the ways of the world? Or are we actually going to, the, to God himself, the Holy Spirit, and say, God, teach me your truth. Teach me your ways. Because you know, when we learn the ways and the, the truth of God, it's always undeniably great. Our paths will be straight. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, As it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Even the inner, you know, secrets of God, if he wills to reveal it to us, he will say it to us. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So my question for us this afternoon is, where are you getting your truth from? You know, who are you surrounding yourselves with? Let's talk to the Holy Spirit. Let's engage with Him every single day. My last and my final point is, the Holy Spirit assures us of our eternal security. He is the one who seals us in our salvation. He is the one who makes sure that our paths will be a straight path. Though sometimes we can be stubborn and how many of you know, many times a sheep just wants to wander and they do not want to follow the shepherd. Yet the Holy Spirit's work is to make sure that we can be secured eternally in our uh, eternal life. Uh, uh, verse 17 it says you know him for he dwells in you and he will be what? in you I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you Ephesians 1.13 says in him you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit we are guaranteed of our inheritance when Jesus comes back. He's coming back for us, the church, and we'll be married to Him as the bride, okay? The body of Christ, the bride of Christ, uh, someday when He comes back. The Holy Spirit abides in the believers. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit lives in us? You know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are like cathedrals, right? I know, just kidding, okay? Yeah, we're, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. The question for us is, you know, who lives in us? Is it the Father? Is it Jesus who lives in us? Or is it the Holy Spirit who lives in us? How many of you will say the Father lives in us? How many of you will say Jesus lives in us? How many of you will say the Holy Spirit lives in us? How many of you, no matter what I ask, you will not raise your hand? Actually, all three persons of the Godhead dwell in us. Just take note of the scripture. John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, John 14, 23, he will keep my word and my Father 
will love Him and we will come to Him and make our home with Him. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God dwells inside of you? And so we see here that the triune God, you know, makes His dwelling inside of us. Father is Spirit. Jesus is also Spirit. Of course, we know that Jesus, who was incarnated and He had physical body, but Jesus, before He was actually born here on the earth, He is Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 7 to 8, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for I, if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you, and when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. I'd like to ask the music team to join me here on stage. You know, Jesus was discussing with His disciples on the night that He's going to be betrayed, that in a short while, he is going to leave them. That he's going to die. That he's going to stay there for three days. And that after three days, he will rise up again from the dead. And eventually, the resurrection happened. And then he was ascended into heaven. You know, each of the person in the Holy Trinity has the role in redemption. They have their own individual roles in redeeming and in saving mankind. God the Father was the one that was responsible for sending His Son Jesus to be here. Jesus the Son had to go away from us in order to go to the cross. If Jesus did not go, guess what? We are not saved. We are still going to be in our sins. But He had to go and He had to be the sacrificial lamb. And that is called atonement. That's why we can be justified of our sins and we can be at one with God. That is what atonement means. At one meant. You become one with God and you become justified with Him. And Jesus had to leave so that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit can complete the work of God here on earth. And the Spirit of God some preachers and some pastors are saying he is Jesus unlimited. Because Jesus of his because of the nature of Christ, you know, walking here on earth 2000 years ago, he was con confined to a certain place at one time. And he can't be in all different times, in all different places at the same time. Imagine when Lazarus died and Jesus was stuck there and he was buried already and Jesus could not come because there's something here. You know, that happened because of Jesus' physical body. But how many of you know the Holy Spirit is not limited to any physical realm? Amen. He is the Spirit of God. He can be in all places at the same time. Whether here, Koron, Boracay, Pray for Burakai. You know, uh, or in the U.S., in, 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 in Africa, wherever it is, He can move freely and minister to His people. Amen. That is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God really reveals and testifies ultimately who Jesus is in our lives. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand this afternoon? We have five more weeks. And we can talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. But today, we're just 
barely scratching the surface really of who He is in our lives and how we can tap into the realm of moving into you know uh, just being spirit empowered we want to make room for the Holy Spirit and yield to His plans and His purpose for our lives because ultimately it's not about our plans how many of you know that your plans and my plans are nothing compared to the plans of the Lord for us amen for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future it's always good and bright every time you submit everything to the Lord and the Holy Spirit is here and wanted to fill us up every single day with His presence with His joy with His strength with His grace with His power with the fruit so that we can be a blessing to others He's not a tool for us to use so that we can get what we want He's not something that we can you know just call like a genie okay pakiayos mo nga tong problema ko Holy Spirit I hope that we don't put Him in that box we don't make room for Him to stay there. We make room for Him so that we can actually get away, or sorry, step aside rather, and let Him freely move and take charge over our lives. Amen. Let's all stand up right now and let's just lay hands on our hearts all across, all across this auditorium before we sing this song. Holy Spirit, you are the baptizer. You are the one that chastises us. You're the one that regenerates us. Holy Spirit, we repent if we have somehow neglected you in our lives and we have failed to recognize who you really are, that you are God, that you are the one who wants to be close and intimate to us. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would baptize everyone afresh today. Encourage us. Help us to know your will. Help us to seek your face. Put the fire of God in our hearts so that we can actually be passionate for you every single day. May our hearts beat for you, God. May our hearts beat for the purposes of God in our lives, Lord. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as the Lord over this church. We acknowledge you as the Lord over our lives. We acknowledge you as the Lord over our families, the Lord over our, our finances, the Lord over our marriages. You are the Lord over our health. You are the Lord over our destiny. You are the Lord over our future, God. We look to the future and we see it bright. It's bright because of what you're about to do and pour out upon all of us today, God. We submit to your calling. We submit to your will. We submit to your, Lord, your, your, to your uh, perfect plan for each of the believers here, God. We thank you, Lord God. Let's just sing this song right now. Your fire burns within me, burns within me with your fire. Your fire burns within me, burns within me your fire your fire burns within me burn within me with your fire your fire
afternoon and you haven't received the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ yet and you're not yet born again you're not yet regenerated you're still in your sins and your desire is just to have a fresh start maybe you're here for the first time or maybe you've been coming here for a while but you haven't made that decision yet of following the Lord Jesus with all your heart mind soul and strength as all heads are bowed down, every eye closed. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, would you kindly lift up your hands so that I can pray for you? Anyone at all? Just very quickly so that I can, we can end this service in a while. Just lift it up right now. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, just lift it up. Just an acknowledgement of your need for God. If not, I'm going to assume that you, are, you have a relationship with God and you know the, that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Let's all lift up our hands all across this room. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for our life that is in Christ. We thank you for the eternal life that you have bestowed upon us as believers. We thank you for the relationship that we have in you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for who you are in our lives. That you are our counselor, our helper, our comforter, our friend. The one who teaches us all, all things. The one who shows us all truth. We thank you, Lord God, that you're the one who redeems us. You're the one who made us new. You're the one who refreshes us. You're the one, Lord God, who completes the work in us. The one you've started in the past, we know that you will complete it in the future. That we will actually face Jesus one day, one day and we are going to be a perfect uh, being because of what the Holy Spirit has done in our life. Lord, bless your people as we leave this place. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and grant you peace. May the love of our Heavenly Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen and Amen.